Hello, Forever Family. My name's Shannon. I'm the recovery pastor. We have started a Wednesday night study, and the study is based on the book Life's Healing Choices. And this is this is written by John Baker, and the forward is with uh, was done by Rick Warren, and this is a condensed version of going through the step study. Now, many step studies take nine to 10, maybe even 11 months because there's 25 lessons and you really work through a lot of things that God brings to the surface that many of us kind of push down or we, we kind of drowned it out or we just don't deal with it at all. But we felt it was very important to do this study because if the church is truly going to be a hospital, then that means we are all CNAs. And we all know what CNAs do. They clean up the mess. No matter what's going on, you call a CNA in to help. But if the church is going to be a true hospital, then we know that God is the ultimate physician in charge. And in order to be a CNA in God's hospital, that means we have to go through training. And this study helps us to go through this training, which is a deep self-reflection of our hurts, habits, and hang-ups. Now, first, I want to talk about hurts, habits, and hang-ups. So let me give you an idea of what I'm talking about. So generally, a hurt, habit, or hang-up can be anything that keeps you from realizing your full potential as a person, as who God created you to be. And it can knock you off the path of achieving God's plan for your life. And sometimes it takes us into a, a detour. So if I was to tell you what some of the hurts, habits, and hangups are, I think I would probably break it down like this. A hurt is an emotional reaction to another person's behavior or to a disturbing situation such as abuse, abandonment, divorce, the loss of a loved one. A habit is an addiction or a compulsive behavior that someone or something does or has. And many times we view this as alcohol, drugs, uh, food addiction, gambling, um, shopping, anything that we try to search or dive into that we think is going to fill the void in our life. Now, a hang-up. This is the negativity. This is the mental attitude that is used to cope with people or diverse situations. And in many times you'll see anger, you'll see depression, you'll see fear, or maybe even unforgiveness. So what we're going to do is we have our Bible studies on Wednesday night. And then on Thursdays, I'm going to post this recap because we have several people that can't be with us on Wednesday night, but they want to read the book. And they want to go along with us. And again, this book is called Life's Healing Choices, and it's written by John Baker.
So first, let me start off with a story. If you're close to my age, you've been to a Chuck E. Cheese at some point in your in your childhood or an arcade, and you've seen the game Whack-A-Mole. And what happens is you put the quarter in, and all of a sudden this mole jumps up, and you've got that hammer in your hand, and, and you try to hit it. And by the time you hit it, it's already gone back down the hole, and another one has popped up. And we're trying to hit it as fast as it comes up. And then all of a sudden, we're just swinging that hammer and we're not hitting anything. That's how life is. Life pops up. There are things that pop up in our life that we're not prepared for. And then we have an, an emotional knee-jerk reaction. Now, if you're like, I was when I was a kid, I had a lot of cousins. So my cousins, we would all put our hands on top of one of the holes. And so as the mole was going to jump up, it automatically hit resistance and we were racking up points. I mean, it was one of those arcades where there were tickets come, that would come flying out, you know, and then you could exchange the tickets and go get a prize. Well, that's exactly what we did. We had a long list of tickets. But in life, we don't always have somebody there with us when things pop up and we have to deal with it on our own. But I believe scripture fully tells us we're not supposed to do life alone. You know, if you look at Mark 2, 17, Jesus, who left heaven and became one of us so that he could minister to those that needed it, said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinner. You know, in this game called life, it's frustrating. We get angry and sometimes we just want to give up. But the church is supposed to be a hospital for the broken. Sometimes it's, sometimes we don't always know where to turn to for help. But if we're actually going to share the hope that we have found in Christ, if we're going to share that hope with all who are hurting, then first we must examine our own selves in the mirror of truth. And that is scripture. So we're going to dive into just the intro part today. And next week we will start with chapter one. So there's a couple of things in the intro that I just want to, you know, kind of go over and, and make sure we pay close attention. It's written right here in, in black and white. The truth is life is tough and we have all sinned. But there are promises in scripture. In Isaiah 57, 8, it says, I have seen how they acted, but I will heal them. I will lead them and help them. I will comfort those who mourn. I offer peace to all. Both near and far, I will heal my people. You see, in this scripture alone, there are five promises that God extends. The first one is, if you are hurting, God said, I will help you. I'm sorry. It says, if, if you're hurting, God says, I will heal you. The second one is, if you're confused, God said, I will lead you. The third one says, if you are helpless, God says, I will help you. The fourth one, if you're lonely, God said, I will comfort you. If you're anxious and afraid, 
God says, I will offer you peace. Now, here's the thing. The key is that God offers us peace. We must make the choice to receive it. In recovery, we have a couple of sayings. And the first one is negativity only produces negativity. So if you're hurting and you're negative, you're only going to produce more negativity. We also say that hurting people can only hurt other people. But there's a, there's a positive side. Healed people will help people. It's just in our nature. Saved people will want to serve people. Again, it's in our nature. It's the overflow of abundance in our heart. And matured people, now this is talking in Christianity, matured people will mentor other people. Think about all the different areas of your life. Who's been a mentor? And then when you look at that person that was a mentor, where are they mature in their life? They're trying to help. They're trying to shed knowledge. So I'll share just a quick story with you. You know, as we're walking through life and we're going down the dark pathway and we're looking for any light whatsoever. And then all of a sudden we see off in the distance, there's a light and it's a tiny speck. So we start walking toward it. And the closer we get, we realize we're walking down a long driveway. Well, we have to make a choice once we get to the house to step up on the porch. So we step up on the porch. We sit for a minute and there's peace and we're in the light. We're surrounded by darkness, but there's a safety. Then all of a sudden we have to get the courage up to knock on the door. And then we have to be prepared for the door to open. You see, I share this story with you because we all walk around in darkness. Every one of us, no matter how much we have healed and we've been in recovery, every one of us still has a dark area. Sometimes that dark area is just simply fear, but we all have a dark area. So when you're walking toward the light, you're walking toward hope. When you make a choice to step up on the steps onto the porch, you're making a choice to be in the presence of Jesus. When you sit on the porch, you're making a choice to sit in his peace. And then when you make a choice to go to the door and knock, scripture says when you knock, the door will open. God opens that door for us when we say, I want you totally in my life. And when we do that, he opens the door and invites us into his family. And then all of those around us, our forever family members, start mentoring us because they have matured in their Christianity. Now, in recovery, especially in Celebrate Recovery, we have the 12 steps, which is based on the AA 12 steps. And then we also have, from Matthew 5, the Beatitudes. Happiness, Jesus says, can be ours, but the pathway to happiness may not be exactly what they that what we expect. You see, when we fully understand what Jesus is saying, we realize that there are eight statements of God's pathway in the in Matthew 5 that brings wholeness and growth and spiritual maturity. The first one says, happy are those who know they are spiritually poor. Happy are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. Happy are the meek. 
Happy are the pure in heart. Happy are those whose greatest desire is to do what God requires. Happy are those who are merciful. Happy are those who work for peace. And happy are those who are persecuted because they do what God requires. You see these Beatitudes, they go along with the recovery principles, the eight recovery principles. So I'm going to read the recovery principles, but I'm going to ask you a question after each one of them. The first recovery principle, and it, if you took recovery and made it into an acrostic, that's how these come together, are realize I'm not God. I admit that I'm powerless to control my tendencies to do the wrong thing and that my life is unmanageable. And if you're following along, I'm on page four. The beatitude that goes with this is happy are those who are spirit who know they are spiritually poor. So let me ask you a question. Are you trying to control a part of your life or play God in a part of your life? If so, we have to realize we are not God. The next one. E, earnestly believe that God exists, that I matter to him and that he has the power to help me recover. Now, the beatitude that goes with that is, happy are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. So my question here is, do you believe that you actually deserve joy? The next one is C, consciously choose to commit all my life and will to Christ's care and control. The beatitude that goes along with this is, happy are the meek. My question here, am I a part-time Christian? Or have I truly surrendered all and I want to mature into being a full, mature Christian? The next one's O. Openly examine and confess my faults to myself, to God, and someone I trust. The beatitude here is happy are the pure in heart. Now see on this one, openly examine and confess my faults. This is something we need to do on a daily basis. It's called a daily inventory. Have I done something to someone to cause harm? Do I need to make amends? Has someone else done something to me and they need to make an amends? If it's a situation where they need to make an amends and they won't, then I need to forgive. So have I forgiven? The next one is V. Voluntarily submit to every change God wants to make in my life and humbly ask him to remove my character defects. The B attitude for this is happy are those whose greatest desire is to do what God requires. We're all quirky. We all have little quirks. But if, if something in your life, if something that's quirky, like a quirky habit or hang up, if it does not glorify God, then it's got to be pruned out of our lives. The next one is E, and we're on page six. E. Evaluate all my relationships, offer forgiveness to those who have hurt me, and to make amends for those that I have harmed, except when to do, do so should harm them or others. So there's two beatitudes that go with this. Happy are those who are merciful, and happy are those who work for peace. Again, we have to consciously ask ourselves all the time, do I owe someone amends? And then R, 
reserving daily time with God for self-examination, Bible reading, and prayer in order to know God and His will for my life and to gain the power to follow His will. Now, this one doesn't have a beatitude with it, but the question I would ask here, do I look at my life through the mirror of truth? Do I really reserve time with God to examine my life, to read scripture, to pray? And let's remember, prayer is a constant conversation with God. It's continuous. And then the last one is why. Yield myself to God to be used to bring this good news to others, both by my example and by my word. So the beatitude that goes along with this is happy are those who are persecuted because they do what God requires. And the question I would ask here is, do I really follow God's will? Do I follow it fully? Or do I only follow it when I like what it is? You see, when we are fully ready to be the CNA in God's hospital, there's three action steps. Everything we do involves three action steps. First thing we do, we have to pray about it. We pray about everything. Next, write it down. I tell everyone, have a journal. The Holy Spirit is going to speak to you and give you messages, and you don't know exactly when you're going to need to use it. So journal it. Write it down. And then the next action step is to share it. We should always have a two to three minute testimony at any given time to share when the Holy Spirit prompts us to. So as we get ready to wrap up just the introduction part of our Bible study on life's healing choices, I want to I want to read two scriptures to you. The first one is John 5, 16. It says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. The next scripture is 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Again, we have this Bible study every Wednesday night. And if you're unable to attend it with us, we really would uh, encourage you to get the book and follow along. We will post this recap every Thursday. But for now, I want to leave you with this prayer. Faithful God, help us to trust you in times of our uncertainties. Let us rest in your word before your words give us comfort. When we're weak and overcome with fear and doubt, help us. Help us to feel your presence. Remind our hearts that your word says do not fear because we can rest and have assurance in you and your promises that you will fight our battles and the victory is already won. God, mold us into the kingdom warriors that you created us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, that's enough for this time. We will pick up next Thursday with chapter one. Again, this is the book Life's Healing Choices written by John Baker. So until next time, always remember, speak life, be a blessing, put your faith feet into action to cause a positive ripple effect. Until next time, much agape, everybody.